0: It is time for the Complete Inbox Podcast. Was that better than last week? Am I feeling it, Phil?
1: You know, I don't like to compare them. I think they're all beautiful individually, and uh, they're all part of a great set. So, no, this was as good and no lesser than last week. No but lesser? I, mean I should
0: have given more mouth guitar. Wee, wee, wee. Oh, you're Wait, right. Wait, that's more nah, Never mind. This
1: one did suck. <laughs>
0: That's more drill than air guitar or mouth guitar. <laughs> I need to work on my mouth instruments, apparently. It's not good. You
1: gotta get. Oh, that's that guy from uh, Police Academy. You oh, can get in touch with this guy.
0: Yeah. What's his name? Michael Winslow. Winslow? Uh, yeah. Michael Winslow. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's the guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's the dude. Yeah.
0: Uh, all right. Well, welcome to another episode of the Complete Inbox Podcast. This is numero five, Phil. That's Cinco is. in Espanol. We've arrived. <laughs> yeah, we finally made it. It only took us a little while mm-hmm. to get to episode five, but we've done it, man. I'm pretty excited. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so today is a great going to be a great episode because we are going to chat about video game movies or video games within movies or movies that have video games in them uh, because it's really hard to decipher and we're going to chat about this in a little bit and then uh, at the end of the show. We're going to talk a little about Ready Player One, and we'll make sure we give you guys plenty of spoilers because uh, we don't want to spoil the movie for you if you have not yet gone. So, and which going to be great because Phil and I, I think differ on how good the movie is. So I'm really excited to get into that.
1: <laughs> yep, absolutely.
0: You know, obviously we have to start with you know how was your week, Phil? Or in this case, what ten days? How was your how's your last t- ten days been?
1: You know, it's been pretty good. Um, yeah, just kind of hanging out, keeping it low and. Just fixing up stuff around the house. Continue to work on the nursery and just That's kind of right. some upstairs. Because you' having
0: some... a baby, son.
1: I am having a baby. Do
0: yeah. you know what kind of baby it is?
1: A human one.
0: A human. I hope. Thank goodness for that. Uh, will it have uh, the appropriate parts? Will it be a boy part, girl parts? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hope it'll have all the appropriate parts. Um, beyond that, I don't. Uh, the wife and I know, but we were told by more than one recent set of parents that to keep that under our hat, because otherwise you announce it and then you just start getting piles of either blue or pink shit in the mail Right. from everybody you know. So instead, now everybody's to buy us regular old diapers. and
0: <laughs> You're not going to have one of those that, uh, like really trendy uh, gender reveal parties?
1: Zero. No, I hope not. Gosh, I hope not. No, we won't.
0: Oh, wh- why not, man? Those are like the, all the rage now. You can put it on Instagram or... Twitter scape or if nothing Twitter. else.
1: The fact that they're all the rage right now should tell you after <laughs> the years you've known me just how much that makes me I want have a little it to know. I just got to be contrary contrarian anyway. I have never been but to a gender reveal party
0: and I will never go in my entire life. So any of my friends listening to this, if you have a gender reveal reveal baby party, count me out and just tell me the something, you know, register at target and then I will say right. something. Yep. Speaking of which, have you done the registry stuff? Have you gone out and registered uh, uh, for things and
1: whatnot? Yeah. I, well, I, Okay, I haven't. My wife has. Um, she's taken care of it, and we sometimes – I don't I don't say bicker, uh, but we disagree sometimes with the stuff that she feels like should go in the registry. Um, but, uh, you know, like everybody says, the secret is to just – put everything on it.
0: <laughs> yeah. See
1: what... You're, yeah, you know. I a lot of it, I'm excited about trying to get really good deals on some of the bigger item purchases and so far, we've just crushed it. I bet we've gotten a hold of like <laughs> 700 bucks worth of stuff for like $300.
0: Whoa, like that is really in fact savvy. crushing.
1: Yeah. It's legitimately like I was... It, we go shopping for this stuff and I'm kind of chasing a dragon. Like, I really want to land a big deal because I'm like, oh, I felt so good last time. Like, I really want to just haul this stuff in my arms to the vehicle in the parking lot just thinking, yeah, save 200 bucks. You yeah. know, like, I really, it's been awesome. But um, some of the stuff, you know, you're not going to save money at Target. So it's almost like I just want to put all the stuff I can't possibly save money on, which is basically diapers and stuff like that on the registry so I can just go out and get all the, just snatch up all the good deals.
0: Dude, hot deals for hot
1: babies. Hot deals, yeah.
0: sounds terrible. I can't believe I just said that, but whatever. It's fine, man. (laughs) You're having a baby. You're registered. You're doing all the appropriate things. Yes. Uh, If they ever gave me a registration gun, I just go around and literally just like start just bling, bling, bling on just everything I've ever wanted. That I never got as a kid, you know what I mean? Uh, so oh, yeah. like, yeah, shoots and ladders. Let's <laughs> go, Baby, baby's first board game. Let's do it. <laughs> <you know?
1: laughs> man, deprives you as a child. Didn't get shoots and ladders. Yeah. Well, mm. I mean,
0: yeah, I, I led the terrible, terrible childhood, and now that you brought it up, I let's get sad about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
0: Uh, uh so yeah. Before we go any further, I we have to, you know, of course, return the favor from our friends over at Loose. Thursday podcast yeah absolutely and you know I was gonna bring a beer in here uh but then I forgot because I'm not good at beer Mm. um but what I am good at is saying thanks to the loose Thursday podcast for essentially calling us out on Ron Perlman like I didn't realize I was gonna
1: say let me squash this Ron Perlman shit right here this is ridiculous Uh, no Ron Perlman Ron Perlman's great I I even think I even said right I even said Ron Perlman is such an awesome guy he wouldn't give a shit about whatever comments we would have. So I think you asked, like, would it hurt his feelings or something? No, he's, he'd be above it. He's really awesome. That does not change the fact that that dude's face is a wreck. And I think that's okay. <laughs> it adds to him as a person. Um, I think it makes him a better person. I don't want to see a handsome, a, a, a dapper young uh, Pearlman. It wouldn't wouldn't work. Wouldn't work. Uh, so... Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I agreed. I also found out that Ron Perlman is actually a great follow on Twitter. Uh really? Yeah. So I actually created a complete in box podcast Twitter account, which by the way you can follow at CIB podcast at Twitter dot net. That's not even a way that's not how Twitter works. You follow us at CIB podcast. There you go. And Ron Perlman was one of our first follows, him and of course our boy Sean Aston. Um obviously yeah and he he had a tweet recently that had me like whoa dude this dude's reckless uh, where he mentioned something about the Louisiana legislation Um, like 10 out of 25 people voted for it to be okay to have sex with animals or something like that and I was like dude like That's crazy that you just went out and just called those dudes out like that. That's pretty freaking... So he
1: was, like, in favor of the law.
0: Yes. Oh, God, yeah. No, No. Ron Perlman. Oh, good. Ron Perlman, if you're out there, you are not in favor
1: of... (laughs) Meanwhile, I just love... I'm just imagining... Just right now, just Pat and Rybun's, like, just twisting in their chairs, like, oh, fucking... (laughs) Don't say that about Perlman, man.
0: Uh, well, I, yeah, I don't think anybody has an issue with Ron Perlman. In fact, like, he was no. a dude I love to hate on Sons of Anarchy. Like, he did so good. Sure. Oh, like I know. like Joffrey yeah, Baratheon. He's you know what I mean? That dude who played Joffrey Baratheon, like, if have ever saw him in real life, it would be really hard for oh. me not to, like, avenge a lot of deaths in Game of Thrones. Right. You know what I mean?
1: And the guy, that guy as well, is just, like, this excellent... Human being. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I think he actually, like, um, yeah, quit just, it's a great, like really, he's just like, Focus on just, like, his mm-hmm. life, which is.
1: Oh, yeah, and I want to say the guy's, like, a physicist or something. Like, he kind of, of went to a higher is. calling, he felt. Yeah, right. Like, he's, like, really super bright. The guy who played Joffrey. But not, I'm sure the same goes for Perlman. That guy's great. Who else were they clobbering us for talking shit on? Um, oh, Sean Astin. All right. <laughs> you put me in that position, Rich. You were talking about how the guy was, like, the hero of nerd them, and i was like we got to fucking Listen
0: i said reel that he doesn't get enough credit
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah
0: uh, the no, sean Aston talk show brought to you by rich and phil uh but anyway mm-hmm. go check out our friends uh the loose thursday podcast. yeah absolutely they are so funny so good way stuff. funny and yep. uh hopefully like they said we definitely want to get together and, and collab on a couple episodes yeah that would be excellent i've got some gripes i have some gripes that i want to get out and gripe <laughs> about and i actually saw riley this weekend we're out oh good uh, having a drink at the bar and He's like, hey man, what gripe would you talk about? And my initial gripe would be Salt Life window clings. Like Dude, I'm on
1: that gripe for sure. Uh, I am. I can't 100% handle it. I that handle a Salt
0: Life bumper sticker.
1: You not are in the not Midwest. Jimmy Buffett,
0: and get the fuck out of here right Yep.
1: You got an Iowa plate. Get that shit off your car. Come on now. What are you doing? Yeah.
0: So if we ever make it that far, that'd be a, a good gripe. And uh, so anyway, check them out. Loose Thursday podcast. Um. So anyway, yeah, Phil. Let's go ahead and let's uh, let's dig in. I'm just I've been antsy ever since I saw Ready Player One, uh, and I'm just I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. So Phil, let's go ahead and let's get into this. Uh, before we get into the movie talk, and we'll kind of bleed into the movie talk when we talk about this. Our boy Billy Mitchell's back in the news, man.
1: What, is, is, uh, what is going on with? Uh, Abou- we talked about him. I think we we did yeah a, a lot. It and it's very subject. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, but now it's official. He is now no longer the dude at Twin Galaxies. I mean, they took away all of his scores.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a, a smart move on their part. See, all right. So last time we talked about it, because you would raise the point that people had really at this point kind of, it was even up for debate. It was clear the guy had used MAME, the multi-arcade machine emulator, to... Uh, record his plays of Donkey Kong to get all these records and one of the distinct rules within Twin Galaxies is if you're going to be playing uh, Donkey Kong it's got to be on original arcade hardware because not necessarily that it um, by using MAME it it just means you're cheating it's just that it opens the door to some ways you can mess with it in the background that's harder to do than it would ever be on an actual cabinet and I feel like Donkey Kong is one of those machines that there's so many of them that if you're going to seriously compete to get into a record book to have to somehow get one of those machines at your fingertips is not a big ask. So all that said, it was really clear that Billy Mitchell knew he shouldn't be doing that and I still stand by the fact that it catches him lying, right? They, in watching these hours of footage, given that we everybody knows the algorithm, not everybody, Jesus, I certainly don't, but there's an algorithm known for Donkey Kong. I feel like the people who right. review it can look at that stuff, but the fact that we know he's got these machines in his possession and he's still using MAME, it just it totally raises suspicion. But I think for me the most condemning part of it all, which is really what was portrayed in a big part of uh, the King of Kong, is that the guy was uh, basically an evil overlord at Twin Galaxies for fucking decades and he had his hand firmly up Walter Day's ass and ran his mouth like a puppet, you know. Sorry, don't no disrespect. To, well, how can you say that about Walter Day and then follow it up in no disrespect? Anyway, the point being that um, he was he was a total dick, and he had been, I guess, a total dick. So a lot of people who have been affiliated or closely within the Twin Galaxies world over the course of many years have come out lately and been like, "Yeah, he would try to pull shady shit," and we would he would point it out or ask it about it. It he would either push us out or just threaten. If, ever, if there were enough other people in Twin Galaxies to do something about it, he would just take it out on them. So, no, the the guy was a total dickhead. Just a, a real bad bad example of this type of, I don't know, Nostalgia and this really kind of awesome thing that I think a lot of people are excited about. And what's also what makes it the worst for me is I feel like uh, there's a big voice of calls that are like, Well, he's so great and he's such a big part of the history that even if he lied, it sucks to kick him out. And I just think that's crazy. And that's for me because, sorry, I know I've been rambling, but the last time we talked about this shit, uh, I pointed out that I think he, his villain part, right, in the narrative of this whole thing is so awesome. And I really do appreciate him, that about him. But you know you can't that isn't enough to balance this out so I'm just really happy that I think historically Twin Galaxies made absolutely the right decision they're thinking forward and they're thinking about their credibility uh, to continue to house records they relate to games old and new and uh, just a really good move on their part and good fucking luck to Billy Mitchell or Millie Bitchell, whatever you want to call (laughs) him
0: Or as our that one dude in the, what was it, the King of Kong calls him Silly Bitchel. Uh,
1: That's what it was, Silly yeah, Bitchel. That's yeah. right.
0: Which Okay, so which brings me to a point. So in that movie, uh, in the King of Kong, right, uh, Mr. Awesome uh, in the movie right. is very upset yeah. with Billy Mitchell because he feels like he's been like strong-armed him out yep. of Twin Galaxies. Now I bet
1: that is 100% what did happen. I didn't believe it even back then because the dude's so weird and unhinged himself, but... Right. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, like, so, to me, this validates a guy like that who, you're right, is just nuts and if you want a good show just go ahead and google mr awesome video games and you'll probably and maybe not do it on your work computer because there will probably be some not safe for work stuff that pops up uh but <laughs> okay. the dude essentially wrote a comic about himself uh and is Ugh. covered in naked ladies like he's literally like of having he sex
1: with a woman in a comic book i think they made a movie off of it and it's called joysticks
0: uh, I can't wait to talk about joysticks. It's going to be the best conversation <laughs> ever. But back to this Billy Mitchell yep. thing, it's it's a big deal. It's a huge yeah. deal, and not only for Billy Mitchell, but also it makes me question whether or not scores should be validated from the 80s. If you're just funneling them through Walter Day's uh, loose hands – uh, and, right. and it's a self policing when your, your top referees are Billy Mitchell and Todd Rogers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who <laughs> yep. have essentially no, just gone on to get caught cheating. So, all the, and I'm, I, I'm not saying everybody cheats, but when your top two guys have been busted for cheating because they're trying to hold on to these scores for so long, that's a problem. And it, I, if I were a score holder from the 80s or 90s, I'd probably be shaking a little bit because there's a good chance that my score is no longer valid
1: yeah I hope so. I hope yeah, that's actually a really good point. I had not considered the wider repercussions of that. It wasn't just like this isolated actor. it really is. he was kind of the the don of this uh little crooked mafia dudes up. Isn't that funny? this all the organization and decades of lies and secrecy and all of this, right? and it's over high scores in Donkey Kong. <laughs> It's over a game that is one of many jokes in Billy Madison. You know, it's just (laughs) this little thing no one should really give a shit about. Um, And yet people are like trying to reach other's lives (laughs) over shit. Uh, Uh, Yeah, man. But yeah, so good riddance to bad dudes.
0: Well, they're also talking about him. They're pulling the record of his first uh, perfect Pac-Man score.
1: Isn't that... Well, yeah, well, that's because his first perfect Pac-Man score probably was bullshit. He'd only earned that in, what, like, 99 or... Mm-hmm. It was... It's not that ancient.
0: Yeah, it's not that old.
1: Because he's got old scores that are pretty great, and I'm sure they're blown out of the water now, but he was one of the first kids... Um, of that whole group it was really talented, had excellent scores, and got on the cover of Time Magazine and all that shit, or whatever news we could... Whatever magazine it was. But anyhow... Yeah, it's, he was still setting them, and I just don't know when he got sketchy. But, I, yeah, I don't know. Do you think they should have thrown away his whole library of records and not just the ones they could have identified with certainty that he had lied and cheated?
0: Well, this goes back to the uh, the talk right now of, let's say, the steroid era, steroid era in baseball. Sure. So Barry Bonds was an MVP mm-hmm. and, an, and a Hall of Famer before – people considered him using steroids.
1: Oh, okay. Now, let me jump in real quick when you say people considered. um, I feel like that is such a live thing, right? And it covers such a span of time. There probably are people who have looked at game footage and have seen the way his arms swell up or, you know, his body probably changed and his hits. Yeah. statistics, everything probably does kind of line up. They point to Barry Bonds'
0: head as, like, the moment. Oh, yeah. You know, this dude's brain is way too large. Uh, He's definitely (laughs) juicing. Sure. So the debate is, you know, Barry Bonds has been on the Hall of Fame ballot now for a number of years, and he gets a number of votes, but it's never enough because people still consider it cheating is cheating. Mm. Now, also, there were no rules against steroid use during his career until the very end. Uh, It was just sort of like, you know, steroids illegal, obviously, but like, you know, they never tested for steroids for a very, very, very long time. Sure. So you could you could go look at it that debate. It could be, well, Billy Mitchell was a superstar in the 80s and he brought arcade gaming to the forefront. And so he deserves uh, a little bit more credit here. But mm-hmm. also, like, he was a dirty dude for a long time and also held a lot of people yep. back. And so if I'm Steve Wiebe, Steve Weebe, I'm a little upset At all this, and I'm kind of vindicated uh, a little bit. I was
1: saying and also vindicated because you've been saying this guy's a dick, and sure enough, he's a dick.
0: Yeah, and and people gave the filmmaker for the King of Kong a lot of shit because they felt like, you know, they villainized. It was a manufactured. Yeah.
1: But really, that just
0: apparently just sucks. (laughs) I mean, apparently, Billy Mitchell is just a shit person. Uh, And I mean, in a personal life, he's probably he may be a good dude, and I don't want to get in that. But as as far as his video game stuff, though, this is big. This is bigger than I think a lot of people are uh, may think. But again, if I'm like one of those dudes who are in the movie uh, Chasing Ghosts, like all those arcade champions from the '80s, like I start to question a little bit whether or not that. any of this stuff is true, you know?
1: Well, let me ask you this. So you brought the, the correlation that can be made between him and Rose. Um, so what do you think, how do you feel about the baseball side of it when you find that there are people who are like, no, he shouldn't be inducted to the Hall of Fame? I am on... Like, what is your feeling about that?
0: So, good question, because I am on the Barry Bonds train to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Because there was an entire era, and there were a lot of people doing it. So while Barry Bonds still crushed way too many homers, there were also pitchers he was pitching against that were also on steroids at the time.
1: Oh, sure.
0: Uh, but I'm not saying what he did was right. It's more of an era thing than anything else. Right. So,
1: Sorry, and I misspoke. I met uh, Bonds when I said yeah, Rose, because no, he's me. the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Pete yeah.
0: Rose is just out of baseball because he's a degenerate gambler. So...
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Same thing. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's right. I just
1: think of like reviled names in a sport where other yeah. people are like, "No, don't. He should have a statue because it's like, you know, his local team at least they're gonna they're gonna have diehard fans been fans their whole lives. They could murder somebody and they would still like celebrate him as heroes." So yeah,
0: and, you, and Billy Mitchell couldn't fix a lot of this just by going to Fun Spot and playing Donkey Kong and getting a million points. You know what I mean? Which I think, uh, he I, you know, I'm not, yeah, easier said than done, obviously. But yeah. uh, also, you know, him doing these, these live scores, I think, would help validate him a little bit and sort of get him back in the good graces of arcading.
1: So do you think, knowing how Billy Mitchell is, I wonder if his method of cheating... Like what? Because you got to ask. It begs the question: What's the point of using MAME? You've got the hardware, um, so you're familiar with tool-assisted speed runs, right? Yeah. Of course you are. So I wonder if he had basically built like tool-assisteds that still, you know, they they were realistic enough that if he was able to record these really long ones and play it onto a screen connected inside of the cabinet, but it's running MAME and it's running I don't know, I imagine you could run MAME to run uh, a tool-assisted but if he's just sitting there kind of mimicking the controls with the camera on him it would be a, a cinch to put yourself get you know, to earn a, a record that you can't live. Sure. That's the thing he doesn't seem like he likes to play live and it used to be the whole mystique. Isn't it fun to send tapes in the mail and reveal them and have
0: Robert Mierchak? You know, that
1: whole shit show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: this is Christopher Lambert. Hmm.
1: Mail day. Ooh, ooh, another Frank Franzetta. Ooh. Yeah, that guy. His art was the creepiest shit. For oh, dude, so creepy. Uh, oh, awesome. So
0: yeah, no, I I hear what you're saying. I would hope he's not using tasks. But it is possible. Again, anything's possible when you don't do it live and nobody's looking. Uh, you yeah. know, and I have no problem with mame. I really don't think that's the issue, uh, mm-hmm. except that obviously, you know, you can. But like you're right, you can manipulate mame, and I mean, you could yeah. do safe states. You know what I mean? Like you could piece uh, together. A yeah, run that's what I'm with, saying. I mean, that's the same.
1: It, exactly, it'd be the same. Yeah. It's the same as like the tool system. You can piece together a run and have it projected on the screen at the machine while you stand at it. Yeah, you could totally do that shit. So, I don't know. Um, And I think the biggest thing to take away from is if people are waiting for him to clear the air somehow or waiting for him to kind of explain, I wouldn't trust another word out of his mouth. Anything that crosses his teeth in relation to the integrity of his submissions should just be thrown out. Let's somebody else is gonna have to speak for him. I think his credibility is so in the toilet. The idea that well, let's see what he has to say. No, he was quiet when it was the time to talk, and now it's time to be quiet, and he's talking, and he just he's done. Well, he's I busted. wonder
0: if this even has bigger effects with Twin Galaxies uh, as being them as being recognized like as the Guinness World Record. Uh, keepers yeah. for video games, right?
1: you got to keep that legitimacy in place because yeah. you're right. I, Guinness isn't going to want to play games that. No, and I
0: believe they're already in the process of eliminating a lot of those records uh, from Billy Mitchell yeah. just taking them out of the Guinness Book of World Records, which is interesting.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. Yep, I read that too because Guinness is like, hey, listen, we get... We base it on theirs, so if they're pulling them, then we are too.
0: Yeah, I don't think this saga's over. I think we talk about this a few more times before we sort of put a lot of this to rest. I think somebody's going to have an interesting documentary come out of this because I don't know about you, I'm ready to talk about video game movies and some of my favorite video games are the the documentaries like King of Kong and Chasing Ghosts. Um, But uh, I guess before we get started into the full-on video game thing, Phil, do you have a top five video game? Movie list.
1: That's probably a lot, cause, uh, well, let me think. Tron for me is a major one. God, you love um, that movie. That might actually be, yeah. I, I even still like it now. I can sit and watch Tron. Um, it's totally cheesy, of course, but I feel like I, I watch it in the original context of what it was like when it came out, and I that was just really an excellent use of computer graphics. It's a cool looking film. Um, Did you
0: like the new Tron? God. Tron Two Thousand or whatever it was.
1: Yeah, it's all right. Uh, I mean, I didn't think it was great. Uh, I've seen it once, and I'll never watch it again. So, but I didn't hate it. Okay. Yeah. Um, otherwise, gosh, what else is there? The Wizard, of course. That's um, also great for bad reasons. That's really a common, a common thread here uh, with a lot of video game movies, and I think that's just because so much of video games in general were not taken seriously at the time these movies were coming out. So these movies were not made with any of that in mind, so they're they're pretty much just cash grabs. Is, <laughs>
0: pretty much just is the people Wizard people who never played the game. Is the Wizard a video game movie?
1: Yeah, I would I would I don't know, Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? What yes, are you Die
0: Hard is the best Christmas movie.
1: Then then definitely The Wizard is a video game movie.
0: Okay, well, okay. Let's talk about the wizard because the wizard is is, hands down one of my favorite movies ever, and I will still watch it to this day.
1: Yeah, right. Like Citizen Kane, The Wizard, and Schindler's List. Top three three, films all time.
0: It's Rosebud, and then California. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so The Wizard. If you have not seen it, you should because everybody who does anything about video games is wizard. It's full of like really crappy. Like quotes, Fred Savage and his crappy hair and his crappy skateboard, uh, mm-hmm. and then his brother Jimmy on his way to California for some reason um, to reconnect with his lost childhood, even though he's a child. Uh, but also, like one of my favorite parts about well, one of my favorite things about uh, the Wizard is that Jenny Lewis is like the main female character in that movie.
1: Yeah, uh, she's like a really
0: great alternative musician now.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's really good. I mean, I guess I haven't listened to her in a little while, but uh, I like a couple of her albums, really good stuff.
0: The Wizard introduced you to a lot of cool things. There was the Oh yeah, Power Glove. It's so bad. hmm And Mario Bros. 3, of course, which is one of the best games of all time. I would think that yeah. you, you could agree with that. Um, <sighs> when's the last time you watched it, though?
1: Oh, gosh. Uh... I don't know, a long time. I've seen clips of it. It's one of those that has been on places I've been, uh, but I've not really paid it much. What places
0: attention. are you going like, to that shows the wizard?
1: Oh well, actually up down, that bar. Oh that they play they either play that or they play Roadhouse and they yeah, uh, okay. or wrestling.
0: Yeah. Well if they only play Which two movies and wrestling, then I'll take my chances and I'll go. Uh if know, the two I movies or the wizard players. Um, I watched wrestling uh, for the first time in like 10 years because the, oh, well, I was in Vegas for that co- uh, conference. Oh. And the person I was staying right. with is a huge wrestling fan. So we got to watch SmackDown.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what night of the week is that on?
0: I think SmackDown. So it was Tuesday when that happened. And Tuesday. Raw was on I Monday just... and then WrestleMania was on Sunday. I did not watch right. WrestleMania or Raw. It just so happened I was in the room when he was watching SmackDown.
1: I just remember that was the big deal is that every night had basically it was like wrestling was on like four nights a week, but it was just different names back then.
0: Right, It used to be crazy, but yeah, I love The Wizard. I think that's a really good video game movie. Um, So, but also, if I were to say like like when researching
1: this, it doesn't show
0: up on the list of like bad or good video game movies. So it makes me wonder if it actually is a video game movie or just a movie with video games in it.
1: Well, what makes a better video game movie than uh, a movie with video games in it? No, I guess I see what your point is, because it's not an adaptation of a video game into a film. Right. That's true. But neither is Tron, and I bet Tron was on that list.
0: I have not seen Tron on the list, because obviously, like, when I'm... Oh, no. The the list that I'm looking at for, like, best video game movies, uh, Mm -hmm. you're talking about, like, again, your adaptations of, like, Mario Brothers, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter...
1: Well, then on that list, what a, do you see anything there It's good?
0: No. <laughs> I see well, nothing Now I understand
1: good. why I feel like I'm up against a wall here coming up with five good ones. It's like, oh, shit. Uh, so, oh, oh, my God, they made five.
0: a movie about Dead or Alive. Do you remember the game Dead or Alive?
1: Uh, yeah, and I think the guy who directed that one is that Yui e. Bull douchebag who is an exceptionally shit human being and a worse filmmaker.
0: Uh, well, anytime you make a movie based on... Oh, my gosh. That's Dead or Alive. Oh, he
1: did that movie Postal. It's also uh, based on really? equally. Yeah. How do you oh, know He's this? done a bunch this of video ridiculous. game adaptations.
0: No, Huey Bull did Postal. Yeah, Huey Bull did Bull's Postal. The guy, uh, the person who did uh, Dead or Alive is Corey Ewan.
1: Oh, shit. I'm sorry, Corey. But
0: Huey Bull definitely did Postal. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, I thought he did that other one, too. That's my mistake. He, but he has done, like, a string of adaptations of video games. Uh, Bull has. Okay. I don't know how, but hmm. if I had any video game rights and it was gonna be made into a film, I feel like that's like the one thing you just make sure you make clear is that it can't be Yui Bull directing it, otherwise, Carte Blanche, go for it. Yeah. Uh,
0: so let's go ahead and let's chat about this one of the worst movies, uh, oh. and that uh, I don't even remember how I came across it, but the movie Joysticks.
1: Yeah, I I was talking to my wife about it and she was a shock. She actually mentioned she goes, "Wow, how did you not know this film existed?" And that's exactly what I thought. Like when you mentioned it and I read up on it and found out it was a real thing that existed. Of all the bullshit and stupid information about video games video game history in my head, the fact I've never heard of this fucking movie blows my mind. I don't uh, had you ever heard of it? How, I had never heard of the this? movie
0: Joysticks, but I, when watching it, I definitely recommend like recognize some of the clips that were used in like video game documentaries. So like, oh really? If you watch uh, Chasing Ghosts, which is like the overarching like arcade documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, they yeah. have clips from the movie Joysticks in it, just like really that's short awesome. clips, and that's why I was like, you know, like the fat guy when he's. Uh was his Dorf is that what his name is in the movie?
1: Oh I don't remember. Uh, no Dorf is uh a little Conway when he's playing a golf guy on his knees or whatever. That's right. <laughs> Tim Conway. No, this dude I can't remember his name, but uh, Dorfus or Dorcas uh, or something. His like
0: that. name in the movie is Where is it? Come on. I
1: think it's Dorfus. I think you were you're close.
0: Right. Um so yeah, he's not. Why is he not showing up? Let's click on the full cast on the IMDb. I just cannot remember his name.
1: Well, while you're pulling that up, um, I do. I As I was watching it, it, first off, it took me three times, three sittings to get through it. Um, that said, I'm really glad I watched it. Um, Dorfus, his name. Because it was Dorfus. Yeah, I, I'm really glad I watched it. But I see, there was actually a moment with the fact that I hadn't heard of it, right, and that it, I mean, with all the shit I know about video games I was thinking if maybe this really is like a modern day art piece of how bad films were in the 80s and it, I believed that to be a more likely uh, possibility than I think that the movie was just that fucking bad like it was so bad dude so bad oh, but it, it so and good. the
0: problem was I mean I actually it, it was. It probably maybe would have enjoyed it more if I didn't watch it on YouTube I don't know. Is that how you watched oh, sure. it? Did you watch it on YouTube?
1: Yeah. Well, listen to this. It got to the end of the fucking movie, and I, my my mind was so blown, right? That I just kind of <laughs> didn't hit pause and shut it off. I just kind of sat there and let the whole experience wash over me. But after it got past like the credits, no shit. The very end of the video, I'm hearing it, and I hear a pro- basically a projector wind down, like a. <laughs> And I realized so, that fucking video you sent is a capture. <laughs> Somebody set a camera up in front of a projector screen and captured that movie oh. off of, like, film cans. I There's a part of me that feels like I need to get out there and download, like, that footage because I didn't even look into it. I wouldn't be surprised if there's, like, no VHS or no, or no DVD pressing of it. It could just be some movie that no one wants to touch because it's such garbage that... The only way you're going to get to see it is if you got an old fucking 16 millimeter camera in your garage, which uh, I can't imagine. There's very many people who have that. So the
0: premise of joysticks is a video arcade owner who has to deal with oh. a very angry businessman whose daughter likes to hang out at the arcade and who tries to shut up. Uh, let
1: me. Yeah. And that's exactly accurate. As you're saying that. Uh, One of the first thoughts I had is that the only possible relatable person in that movie was the villain. Did you notice that? Like, there's that... The the dad who comes in is like, we need to shut this shit down. And everybody's really upset. Like, I was thinking, yeah, you probably do want to close that place down. It's just filled with uh, basically molesting a lot of girls. And, you know, oh, just fun. Just fun old stuff. Just, I don't know. I just remember thinking, like, that's a bad... It's a dangerous uh, little arcade. For sure.
0: Well, it's the 80s, man. That's what every arcade was. Dude, like. those were Don't not you what the, the arcade 80s from were the Karate like? Kid, they were doing the same thing.
1: Oh, gosh. Is that. Now, that arcade and Karate Kid, is that the same place where you punch through blocks of ice?
0: No, man, that was. Dude.
1: <laughs> I know. Man, come on.
0: <laughs> I know. Man, get your Karate Kid together. <laughs> and remember. <laughs> the Danielson in Okinawa so, is a special kind of Danielson.
1: It is. All right. But dude, there was one song in that movie. Well, there were, the soundtrack was fucking terrible. They had one song called "Swinging Around," and that, see, that like I knew that would get a snort out of you because isn't that just like that is such an embodiment of really what that movie's about? "Swinging Around," like it's so bad. It's if we really can get awesome. just
0: one other person to watch the movie, Joysticks, absolutely be really happy. Uh, it's also Billy Mitchell's favorite movie, I'm sure. Because it's about his life. Oh, uh, it's about
1: America. Yeah.
0: Well, it's also got a man called King Vidiot. That's the best. Oh, Played by Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Who? That's King Vidiot in that movie. And, uh, no, it the other... Yeah, it is. Dude, that's Uncle Rico. It's John Grease. King Vidiot. Really? Is John Grease. Yeah.
1: Holy shit. That's kind of... Because I really just thought this thing was made in another dimension. <laughs> because I couldn't find any connection <laughs> to this thing to real life. Holy shit. And the only... No, and... I... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, about after 20 minutes in, I realized I had said what the fuck or what out loud so many times that it was worth noting. So I just took a count starting like at that point in. I wasn't going to go back, subject myself to that 20 minutes over again to count it. But guess how many times I said what the fuck?
0: Uh, 11?
1: Out loud. No, it's uh, 19.
0: You said what and the I fuck also, 19 times? I said times? what
1: 10 times. Yeah.
0: I'm so glad you, you I can't it. believe
1: you didn't. Oh, dude, that movie was so, like, the ketchup cookie part. Every oh, that, part of that movie is a wreck, dude.
0: That's right.
1: You just say oh, ketchup like... on a cookie, man. Yeah. No shit, Sherlock. You're the one who gave it to him. Just the whole movie is filled with that. Just, like, I don't get it. The it was very, only other it was person awesome.
0: that I know to recognize in this movie um, was the, I think, the... Businessman's daughter with the girl who was talking like she was a valley girl.
1: The valley girl. Yeah. yeah.
0: She uh, was Bobcat Goldwaite's love interest in Police Academy: Citizens on Patrol, and I can't believe I knew. <laughs> which is the best police academy?
1: <laughs> That's. Oh, I'm glad. First off, I appreciate you having an opinion on which is police academy. It's the best police academy. I'm afraid I'm uninformed on that. Second, I'm just glad you know that because. Even I think once in this podcast there was some of the knowledge I have where you were like, dude, how do you know that? I want to know how you know that that chick in Joysticks was Bobcat Goldweights love interest in Police Academy too. But I, you know, I'm glad you have that knowledge yourself. <laughs> well, I finally, I, I finally
0: you. have put that to use. Uh, exactly, which is good. So now I can probably connect Kevin Bacon to this movie at some point if we wanted to do a oh, six yeah. degrees to Kevin Bacon on that. So yeah, Joysticks was a uh, yeah like like we said in a previous episode, it's little it's Porky's, uh, a, mm-hmm. a terrible version of Porky's, but with an oh yeah. So if you're ever having a and, shitty and movie on Saturday, is... Joysticks should be on your list of movies to
1: watch. Absolutely, yeah. Porky's is no art house pick, but uh, this is. This is pretty bad, but yeah, I just, as I say all that, I sincerely think people should check it out.
0: So, one thing I wanted to chat about with these with the video game movies is the actual adaptations of video games, right? So, we're talking about Mario Brothers, we're talking Double mm-hmm. Dragon, we're talking Street Fighter, uh, Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. Resident Evil. Why is it? Do you think that these movies just don't hit home? Why don't they connect?
1: Um, I think. Well, there's a lot of reasons. Um, I would say first and foremost, maybe at the front, is that they're, they're kind of cash grab in a way. Mm-hmm. It's really the same way that the inverse is true, right? Like a lot of adaptations of movies into video games have been shit as well. Um, and it's generally because it's held back, or at least the video game experience was not technologically advanced enough to meet movies where they were. So you really couldn't get the movie experience on a, on a Nintendo, you know. But I think now that video games have gotten so much better and they've gotten longer, I, we've seen some more success in having films adapted into video games that are well-received. But the big problem is that video games at their heart are so interactive that films by their design, can't be. It's just a story. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard, I think, to take this interactive experience of a video game and then put it into a film format and have it hit all the same buttons. So it can be done. I'm sure that it'll probably get done when like Shigeru Miyamoto directs his first film, right? Like Find somebody who actually understands what makes games so great and then have them do the film. If that could be done, that's maybe the path to it. But it just seems like... I think a lot of big studios, a lot of big filmmakers, they see the lunchboxes and the toys get sold out of it. And it's a very formulaic type of movie is usually the result. And it usually doesn't make anybody completely happy.
0: But, okay, so obviously when we were kids, when the Mario Mario Brothers movie came out, we were just so stoked, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I was just crazy into it and all these movies from the 90s like mortal Kombat, i was excited for street fighter i was Mm -hmm. excited for wing commander when that came out i was excited for uh just because it's again it's connecting your childhood but also i just remember hating super mario brothers even as like a 12 year old kid like i hated the movie so much and that's good and so and then you go to like these other ones and i just can't get over like how bad they're acted How everything's portrayed. I understand. I've never seen the Resident Evil movies, but I understand they're actually not bad. But also probably because Resident Evil is more of a game you could see adapted into a movie.
1: Uh, Oh right, like the game itself feels like it takes cues from horror films, right? right? And
0: when I think of Super Mario Brothers movie, maybe I was thinking more of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, Uh, Mm -hmm.
1: and yeah, which would have been fine.
0: You an animated feature linked movie. But that doesn't work in the box office, I don't think, because you know not a lot of people are going to that. So,
1: you know, I bet it would have worked back then. Um, I don't think it would have aged that gracefully. Even it would have been better than Bob Hoskins and John Lithgow's for sure. But well, I don't know. If nothing else. Kudos to you for being twelve and realizing that movie was bad. I didn't even know it. I think I thought it was good. Uh, I didn't get it at all. I didn't understand how it tied in. I do remember the one part that I, I guess it stuck out is that the Goombas were really fucking tall yeah, in the huge. movie, right? They fill yeah. an elevator. They're like seven foot apiece, right? So <laughs> I'm trying to piece together. I'm like, these are the little ones. These are the ones that get stopped on right away. So it, I don't know what age it was that something clicked. It's probably not even intentional, but what i had always... Like leaned on to make peace with how bad Super Mario Brothers the movie was is that in that movie Mario never once becomes super. He never gets the mushroom. No. If Bob Hoskins would have got the mushroom the dude would have been two and a half stories tall <laughs> or whatever you know but instead he was like the same height as Goombas yeah. because Mario on screen without the mushroom is the same height as Goombas.
0: Well I'm going to give you a, a movie that I thought was sneaky decent that was a video game.
1: Movie. Sneaky decent.
0: Yeah. As in like, it okay. wasn't great, but it also, like I didn't watch it cringing. And that's the movie Warcraft. Right. Like I thought Warcraft was actually uh, an okay movie.
1: Yeah. I didn't check that on out. Uh,
0: so I guess my, uh, my saying to you Phil, is that you should watch Warcraft and then tell me what you think about it.
1: Hey, I just thought of one that I really liked. Um, but again, it's kind <laughs> of it's not a real video game. It's so it doesn't quite qualify for everything else, but it's The Last Starfighter. You ever seen that?
0: Uh well when I was a younger child.
1: Yeah. Yeah, as old. I remember that one being pretty good. I bet that one hasn't aged like any worse than any other sci fi movie from like nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. But yeah.
0: So I guess now we can get into like I guess the chat about, you know, just some I guess movies with like Games or a game like theme, if you will. Uh, so we already talked about the Wizard, which I thought was awesome, uh, and I still <laughs> like it to this day, even though it's crap. I mean, it really is. But like a movie, I thought that was really amazing was Wreck-It Ralph. Like that movie. Oh yeah, Pones. Like it's so good. Yep. I love Wreck-It Ralph. That's yep. one of my favorite animated movies, and I'm super excited they're making a second one. Uh, that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. No, you're right. That was a that was a great one.
0: Uh, other movies that I c- would maybe consider to be like a video game style movie. Uh, I enjoyed the, uh, grandma's boy that has some video game okay. undertones to it, it. Did. and it was obviously hilarious. Uh, did you see grandma's boy? Are you a grandma's boy fan?
1: Uh, you know, I've, that's one of those where I've just seen it in pieces, but it seemed pretty funny. Um, but I've only been able to catch bits here that's and there. Right. I
0: forgot you like all your movies to be just extra, you know, cool. Um. No, <laughs>
1: that's pretty <really> Cool. <laughs> All right, the, the, yeah, I'm not gonna take any slams. Well, Phil, you're not up to speed on your Adam Sandler library. Yeah, let me get. I just got to get through Jack and Jill, and uh, Click, and what was that video game movie that he made? Let's talk about pixels. that one recently. Pixels, dude. How how good was Pixels? Uh,
0: I think the world will tell you Pixels sucked, uh, but I will tell you that well, what would Rich Green did. Rich Green me. did not hate Pixels.
1: Oh, uh, good. Good, dude. Don't hate Pixels. <laughs> Fuck you. Love it. <laughs> fucking love Pixels, Rich. I,
0: <laughs> I don't love Pixels, but I don't think it was as bad as people said it was. This is, this is I feel okay. like we're going to go back into Sean Astin world where I have to defend myself because I like a stupid fucking movie.
1: No, no, dude. You can like... Oh, no. It's all right.
0: Again, I think it comes down to the nostalgia for me. And... Mm. The, I hate Adam Sandler movies now, but there's a couple that yeah. I'll watch that are recent oh, yeah. that I definitely don't hate. Like I don't hate Pixels oh, and good. I 1000% don't hate the movie Grown Ups. Like I like the movie Grown Ups.
1: Okay. No, see, I so I hate on Adam Sandler, but obviously I still uh, really enjoy the shit that came out when I was like 13, you know, the very yeah. early stuff, the Billy, Billy Madison, Madison and
0: the Happy and Happy tonight.
1: Gilmore. Right, but I, I also don't hate on people who do still like him, because I don't think he's changed that much. I think I have, you know, in terms of what I'm wanting. <laughs> Never out of my movie. change, Adam Sandler. So, yeah, like I think he's he's still putting them out there. He's doing them his way. I think there's a lot of people who really appreciate that about his movies. So, and it keeps Kevin Spade fucking roof over his head. Not Kevin Spade, David sorry, Spade? Uh, David Spade. Thank you.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, David Spade's is doing all right. He's got plenty of money in residuals. He's doing okay. <laughs> that's He's true. doing I got that man All about these people are doing—they're doing just fine, Phil. They're doing okay. just fine. Is there any other video game movie you wanted to throw out there to chat about before we uh, get into Ready Player One?
1: Oh, uh, no. <laughs> you <remember it>?
0: Okay. <laughs> no, nope. that's fine.
1: No, yeah, I, I think we—I think we had a very good. Very good, thorough discussion on the state of video game films.:
0: Is there anything that you'd like to see made?
1: Uh, well, in terms of like a movie adaptation of a game, no. Uh, well I'm sure there are some, but nothing comes to mind. But the inverse of that, there's do you remember when they made the Warriors game for PlayStation 2? Mm-hmm. So I remember just being, like, really excited about that because it was an adaptation of a movie that was already, like, 20 years old uh, when it was coming to its console. And I just thought that was great because there was one movie that I always thought would just make the best fucking video game, and it was uh, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Okay. I would love to have, like, a final fight, like, walk left and right, kick punch type of game where you're Bruce Leroy... Going up oh against the uh Shonuf Shogun of Harlem to take down Eddie Arcadian and get and, your girl Vanity uh, back. Master. Yeah, dude. I would. I, even when I was a kid, I was just like, this would be such a good video game. Because I used to watch that movie like once a week. I feel like that was one of those I wore the tape out on. We might have
0: to do a reverse on this and find out which movies make the best video games at some point.
1: Yeah, I. There's there's some out there, man. That I would love to. And it's see definitely at, not it Back adept. to the Future. Um, no I think <laughs> although no, so, they tried and failed have you
0: heard of telltale games
1: yeah yeah they're the ones who do the uh, walking dead and all yeah, that right
0: so they actually did a back to the future one and we'll have to maybe talk about it when uh, we get to that point sometime
1: oh right have you played it yeah have... it was a free it was one of okay. the free
0: games on xbox uh, I'll have to <laughs> well, oh, let's cool. just say I haven't made it very far in that game uh, okay but <laughs> I did rip through the game of thrones telltale game that was kind of fun um, awesome okay uh, so now it's spoiler time. Uh, if you have not seen Ready Player One um, and you really don't want to hear spoilers, I would suggest that you come back, uh, which I will put the time to come back into the actual link of the episode so you know when to come back. But uh, now we're getting ready to talk about Ready Player One. So click off or pause, whatever. And uh, yeah, we're going to and go ahead and get into this. Phil, you saw already... You have
1: been warned. You
0: have been warned. Your, this is your official spoiler warning. And plus, if you haven't seen it yet, go see it. All right, Phil, let's talk about Ready Player One. Did all you right. feel it? Were you feeling it, the Ready Player One?
1: The I'll, All right, I'll get to my summary of it towards the end because I'd hate to piss people off at the start. But as far as what it nailed, um, I actually, for me, it was off to a great start. I thought that it did a really excellent job of kind of getting a movie up and running. Um, the idea of the stacks. Um, I, I've read some of the book. I couldn't get all the way through. It just. It, I got like a third of the way in and just couldn't finish it. But the parts that it covered in the book that I was most interested in were really kind of the conditions of the real-life world that this was meant to be taking place in. It kind of had like a 1984 um, Brave New World, kind of a little dystopic uh, vibe to it. Right. And I really appreciated that. I thought they did a great job of capturing that in this movie um well also they captured it through the eyes of the protagonist because that's one of the points he makes in a book right is that the world is really bad but it's all he ever known Mm -hmm. so it doesn't quite weigh on him as heavily as it did his parents and uh people that are older around right. him so I felt I kind of got that feeling because he was really fitting in and he's doing really fine in this world just as it is so it was really cool the VR stuff I also thought they did a really cool job of capturing and and really kind of because well, I as you know I've got a Vive VR headset yep. and so it is real to a level that people who haven't tried it they don't understand until you get in there and you you could probably vouch for that as well and so the treadmills and the gloves and the haptic suits and all that shit, that, as far as I can tell, that's coming, you know? That's pretty legit. Um, and I was really impressed with all that. How did you think about kind of the world and the tone they set in it?
0: I uh, When they said that Columbus, Ohio was going to be like the, <laughs> going up there is like the newest, hottest city. I was like, Columbus, Ohio, right. why, why would they land on that? Um, but as far as like the dystopian feel, I thought that was really well done. I think it it definitely plays to uh I think a lot of what people fear might actually happen uh at some point, sure. like in real life. Uh I don't know if it'll be as uh, crazy as it is in the movie. And if history tells us anything, it's that, you know, flying cars still aren't here yet and it's almost 2020. Uh, and if you just said something to Robert Zemeckis back in the day, you would be like, huh, well, they're coming in 2009, you know? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yep. y- you know, the world I thought was great. I thought the virtual world was pretty cool. I liked the way that they, um, I guess, sort of like, you know, everybody embodied the spirit of the, um, Oh my god, I'm just losing my mind on what the world is called. The, the Oasis. The Oasis. Book. So like Oh the Oasis, yeah. yeah. So in the in the Oasis, uh, I thought that was really cool about how they put that together and like anybody could become anyone. Um and like the in game currency I thought was, was kinda cool and how that could actually affect your uh real life uh in when you played certain games. I thought that was pretty cool. Um mm-hmm. so but yeah, as far as the world goes, I thought the world was pretty cool. And then that, that kind of drew me in like you uh, at the beginning where it was just like, yeah, let's go hide between some trash and let's go play some VR. Nobody's going to find it.
1: <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And as far as like continuing the stuff that for me, they really got right. Um, and just I, if nothing else, I was completely floored and impressed by was the part of the film where they went into the shining
0: ah, and they were able to kind of so do the
1: movie within a movie. That was so fucking neat. Like, if nothing else, when I saw that, right, I, it clicked in my mind as to like, oh, now I know why Spielberg, or sorry, Spielberg wanted to direct um, you know, the movie. I could see for someone like him, that's got to be kind of fun to do that with important works of film, kind of reuse them. And I bet he really enjoyed working with that part. But yeah, I was just really impressed with the, the detail and the level of it. And, uh, for that whole segment of the film.
0: That was one of my favorite parts of the movie also was when, uh, the, uh, H -H was following the, the kids. He's like, listen, we can't do, uh we can't do whatever. And the, the the guy followed the ball down the hall and saw the twins. It oh. was like, yo, you want to play? It's like, no, because you, obviously you, you know, it's such a classic <laughs> movie. It's like, you don't want to do that. Like,
1: no, nah, it's dude, so at all. bad.
0: Uh, but also I had actually talked to my student about this today. Um, and he had mentioned that uh, this part was actually not in the book. The shiny part was not in the book. It was replaced with um, an actual like rendition of the war games. Uh, Matthew Broderick oh, where you ha- okay. they actually apparently like you embodied Matthew Broderick in the movie War Games and you had to like essentially go word for word because the game is just all references all the time right and so everybody right. knows the history of like the 80s and the late 70s and early 80s during uh, that guy's life um,
1: and I'm sure it works in the whole the only way to win is not to play part like it kind of did with a lot of other key pop culture 80s stuff. Sure.
0: Um, So, yeah, again, I I thought that was really kind of cool how they did that. Um, But uh, you were not a fan. You did not really love the movie, though. Is that true?
1: Nah, it was like uh, so when I told you five out of 10, I I stand by five out of 10. I don't mean like a 50 percent like an A through F school grade scale. I just mean like two stars out of four like a C okay. or whatever. It was good. Um, I don't think I'll, ad- yeah, I won't watch it again. Um, I think it was really ambitious. I think in a lot of places the movie couldn't make up its mind. I think, uh, you know, it really wanted to maybe not exactly even tackle some serious stuff, but it just seemed like there were some moments in the game, or sorry, in the movie, right, where they were like really intense where... I don't know. I've never really been a huge fan of, like, comic relief in those moments. Like, some of my least favorite parts of the movie, uh, The Matrix, those movies, are when someone's like, yo, man, this is really crazy right now. Just, like, kind of trying to crack-wise. I'm always just, like, ah. I don't know. It takes me out of it. I feel like there was a lot of that in this. But, I, maybe that's to its credit and more than it is um, to the lack of anything. Because, that's really how a lot of 80s films were, right? That's Mm -hmm. how a lot of them were kind of paced. And I'm sure that really had a lot to do with why and um, Spielberg chose to tell the story in a way he chose to tell it. I'm sure he was kind of maybe even looking for that type of narrative. And so while that type of movie for me now is kind of like, yeah, it's okay. Like it doesn't bowl me over. Um, in that way it might even be kind of true to uh, what it was trying to kind of emulate.
0: I so it gave me and I don't want you to get upset when I say this, but I feel like you're going to get upset when I say this. It gave wow, me a Goonies it's be like, vibe. Really? It gave me a Goonies vibe, and not like because okay. I think no, they that's is as exactly, good as Goonies. Yeah. But because mm-hmm. it just it's very to me it's very Spielberg esque in the way that the story is totally, and it's just like a young group of kids like just trying to figure shit out. Right, their world yeah. sucks. Let's go on an adventure and let's make it better. You know what I mean? And so in that way, I was just yep. like, I was like, I felt so goonies. In it. And I guess that's the reason why I liked it so much. Cause I gave it between a seven and eight out of 10 for me because it was just, it yeah. was an enjoyable, like experience for me. And while so there was like some three out of four that, stars. Yeah. So like there were, okay. there were parts that made me cringe a little bit. You know, when like yeah. the dude like fell in love with Artemis just like right away uh, and was like, Hey, so i sh- yeah, right? shove my was tongue saying- down your throat uh, but you don't even know him, it's like doesn't care, touch my dick. You know what I mean? Like
1: it's Yeah, it was so weird. That was
0: just that to me that was just so off for like the the what we're trying to portray here, which is, literally is just about, you know, it's a shitty world, but it's about friendship. Mm-hmm. And it's just like we crossed the line from friendship to fucking in like three minutes. It was so weird.
1: Yeah, it was really and that's exactly it. There was I think a lot of it. I don't know. You didn't get to spend enough time in the world and with these people to kind of build out maybe in the ways they were, they had complex personalities. And so when they would do weirdly weird shit like that, you're just kind of like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I, but I, you're, that's such a great example. I remember really just kind of being like, what the fuck during a lot of that stuff in the club or whatever, that, that part of the movie and all that. Yeah. Cause that part I like did. itself
0: was like, you know, when they were trying to figure out all the Easter eggs. And, mm-hmm. like, the club part was great. It's like, yeah, let's dance. But, like, that wasn't the time. I mean, I just, I don't know why, but I just wasn't right. into that.
1: Like, that's, I completely agree. That's exactly that's how I felt so about it. So off to me. Uh, but, dude, how about that? All right, so I know the guy, by all my estimation, what I've read about him so far is this guy's a total douchebag in real life. The TJ. TJ
0: Miller is. Miller. Yeah, I rock, J. Miller. I rock in the movie.
1: Yeah, and he was... I, the It was funny. It <laughs> was really funny in the movie, yeah. I thought. I really liked his character. It was cracking me up. Especially when he got cut down towards the end and just <laughs> the fucking... Like, the gorging of loot that just fell out of him yes. was so funny to me, dude. Yes. I was dying laughing when that happened.
0: Uh, let me ask you a question. Yep. What do you think about the actual, like, games they had to play in order to, like, unlock shit? Oh,
1: I was I loved it. When it got to the Atari one... It. I was disappointed it took me a minute to figure it out but when they said adventure I was like holy shit it's the first, each, first easter egg ever done right. and it was really cool that that's what he tied it back to the whole um, Warren what I can't remember the guy's name which strangely enough I've never done I really that's actually one of my favorite Atari games because it's really the only Atari game with any I guess substance most of them don't have that obviously they're so old but yeah, uh, Warren Robinette. That's the guy's name. Uh Yeah, I need to go. It made me wish I could pull that up. I'll have to see if I can find a way to do that and unlock that Easter egg for historical sake. Because, it, yeah, it really is kind of crazy. It was just an afterthought by this guy. If nothing else, it was really just there because of how these production and these publishers' video games were basically Shit fucking on. over the programmers, right? Yeah. Yeah, they were just taking all the money was flowing up and programmers weren't getting shit and they were even the ones designing them mm-hmm. and this guy was tired of not getting any credit for anything and so he put his name into it and I don't know there's just so many levels to why that I think that is so awesome but it, just the ripple it, it set off in video games of hiding secrets that guy was doing it as kind of saying hey I was, a, I was real like I really did something and this is really mine and I think that has a lot of heart I think it's a really important easter egg and it was just really cool that It was the first one, and that they could reference it like they did in the movie. It was really neat. Did
0: you like the way Willy Wonka'd at the end? Did you like the Willy Wonka ending?
1: Willy Wonka ending? Oh. um,
0: It's a test. (laughs) It's a test, Billy. You failed. I mean, I don't know. I just, for me, it felt like the ending of Willy Wonka,
1: where he's like... Oh, sure, where they just kind of take off and everything. Yeah, right. They did have a pretty clean ending. But again, that's where... Uh, I wanna kinda shit on it, but at the same time really was I was saying is it had that eighties feel movie and you said it had that Goonies feel, mm-hmm. it it that's kind of part and parcel. It's really how the Goonies kinda ended too, right? Everybody's just happy and all of our families got together and are going to carry the way the bad guys. Holy shit. Like, it really is how the Goonies <laughs> ended, those last scenes. The police, yeah. there's a whole crowd. Yeah. The police come and take the bad guy away, and then everybody gets together, and they find out they won the biggest prize in the world yeah. or whatever. Well, and
0: Yeah, so wow. the biggest, the Oasis is one I Willie's Treasure. I'm just, that's just, yeah, to me, it it just is, it so is so the good. Goondocks.
1: Yeah. They won the Goondocks. He won the Oasis.
0: So now rewatch it and, and look at it in the lens of the Goonies and tell me if it's still a five-
1: no, cause see, I've told you about how Goonies works, dude. Goonies is awesome when it's 1989 and you're seven. I didn't, I can't, I lo- if I had never seen it, and I just went back and watched, I guess I'd probably like it, but I wouldn't love it the same way. If I saw Ready Player One at age eight, that movie would have been fucking brilliant, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be the best movie. It would have been fucking amazing right. to have seen that in 1989. Yeah. You know, absolutely.
0: Uh, do you think there was too many references, not enough references uh to our childhood? Did you? I think the overdone? movie
1: did did well by it. I've heard that the book is just out of this fucking world referencing. Yeah. Like it's basically Pandras mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, hey, millennial, like older millennial white male. Like, do you remember Ghostbusters? Do you remember, you know, it just lists off everything that a has hit your life and your, when you're in yeah. that, that subgroup of people. So people have clowned on it pretty hard for that, and I can't knock them. At the same time, I don't know, you go write a better fucking book, I right? <laughs> don't have to put any yeah. references in it, um, but at the same time, I'm, I can see where they're at. And so I think with that in mind, the movie probably didn't want to just seem like it was just basically clickbait the movie where, ooh, top ten cool things from nineteen eighty, I'll click that. Like they really kinda tried to save from that. I think they did and it was a better film for it. They the references they did put in were pretty pretty excellent.
0: Yeah. Uh so okay, so one of my students uh had told me he's like, yeah, reference the movie. That's what he called it. Like he's like, Very probably wanna reference reference the movie. movie. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was like, man, that's really good. Like this is really good. I'm gonna use it on my podcast tonight when I talk about it. Uh but then the other person who watched it said that there wasn't enough references. So um I found it kind of interesting, but he also read the book. And so he probably mm-hmm. was waiting for more of the references and stuff like that. This oh, actually yeah, makes me the read the book, book is... if I'm being honest. Like I kind of want to get into the book a little bit. I hear it's a pretty it's a page turner, like you just kind of go 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 through it. So um
1: yeah, for people, some people I it I couldn't mm-hmm. because, uh, like I was saying, it, it just felt like, the even in the references, it was, I didn't know them all either. Like, there were so many, dude. Like, I don't know Battlestar Galactica. Right. There's a couple of things that even though I know that they More apply also to like, my, something like Gundam, Age range are out of my reach. Gundam wasn't yeah, dude, really. don't know shit about Gundam. Yeah, Gundam
0: wasn't really in our no.
1: generation. No, it wasn't. Like, Akira was, oh, yeah. so shit with that bike? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Sign me
1: up. That is the coolest motorcycle in the history of sci-fi. At least it certainly was when I was a kid. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I mean, it was I, again. I liked it. I thought it was an enjoyable movie. But I looked at it as a lens. of was like, okay, I'm getting transformed back in my childhood. I'm gonna like, and that's that's where I'm gonna be in this.
1: That's that's really the approach. You definitely took the right move on that. I went into it more like it like a 35 year old um, film head. Geek right. who like really like Spielberg shit, and I do really like. I know I always make the joke uh, when people start naming favorite films, and they name something like The Wizard. I include <laughs> Schindler's List, um, but I do really like Schindler's List. I think that uh, Spielberg is just a terrific filmmaker. Loved The Post. I love a lot of his stuff. So I, I guess I went into this movie in with the wrong mindset, and I mean it wasn't. It didn't take very long for me to change mindsets. It wasn't right. like I was an hour and fifty minutes in going well. This is unbelievable. Like you know, I I knew pretty quick that was what kind of movie's gonna be, and it was good. Um, He did a great job, and uh, it wasn't exactly for me. But I, like you said, the mindset of watching it in the era in which it's meant to kind of take cues from the late '80s. Yeah, absolutely. That movie would have been the best fucking thing I'd ever seen if I saw it like at my eighth birthday party or something like that. Right. Right.
0: So, yeah, Ready Player One. Um, I mean, it's, it's a movie I'll watch again when it comes out, probably whenever it hits HBO or Netflix or, or whatever. But,
1: Ooh, um, one last thing on that movie, though. Yeah, let's hit it. As far as VR goes. Did you know those uh, those treadmills are legit?
0: The, really?
1: You know, like, the VR treadmills? Yeah. The 360-degree so
0: treadmill? Mm-hmm.
1: So the way it works is you've got one kind of treadmill going one dimension, so, like, x it'll say like X and Y right, but you got the major one, it's like any other treadmill you'd exercise on, it just goes that direction, um, you know, either left or right. But now imagine the surface you're walking on isn't just the treadmill, it's actually a bunch of smaller treadmills that are about an inch wide uh-huh. that run across that one. So now you're on it and you can really go in all directions. So the ones in the movie, there's actually a company Cannot remember. That would have been a great time to remember the name of them, but I think it's like every track or ultimate track or something like that. But anyway, yeah, they've paired it up. I just watched a video where a guy was t- uh, kind of testing it out uh, with the Vive VR headset shit. And so yeah, they're that'll eventually that could eventually be in your living room, dude, with the same VR all that shit. That that's what kind of spooked me is that for as high sci-fi as I think a lot of people imagine the VR elements are in that movie. You People in 50 years, 30 years, fucking 15 years might really have a lot of that shit at their fingertips in their living room.
0: And then you're ordering pizza with the VR headset like you do in uh, yeah, Back to the future. Yeah, basically.
1: Feeting. And then you probably, if you play a, a game with it and install the app on your VR headset, you probably get a free soda and it's just going to be this whole shit show of yep. garbage.
0: And then you play Hangman with some life. new friends you made in VR and then there's one dude drawing dicks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. That's been the best, the human element yes, has so far been yes. the most ridiculous element oh of VR.
0: I want to. I so seriously funny, could do VR like chat all day, every
1: day. Yeah, uh, it's right. So funny. It was pretty funny. And
0: also those videos with like the chat fails or whatever, where, like when somebody dresses Garfield and then they chase him around. That's yeah. so. funny. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I really wish I've gotten more out of the, the VR headset that I have, although I did get clearance for my upcoming birthday um, to drop 60 bucks on Skyrim VR. I've heard Ooh. that's that Skyrim for the Vive, I've heard, is like one of the best VR experiences uh, out there yet. So I'll have to let you know how it's going. And you'll just have to catch the the first direct flight over here to Des Moines and jump in the, the world of... Skyrim oh yeah
0: well I need to make a, my way to Des Moines anyway I'm about due it's been about a year maybe I'll find out when Comic Con oh, yeah. is and maybe I'll come out during Comic Con and
1: Thanks. just tell everybody how great Indie Comic Con was right just like knock shit out of their hands yeah. like fuck you Des Moines <laughs> Comic Con is <laughs>
0: well bullshit. I tell you what if slap. we end up getting any kind of a, uh, recognition for this podcast at Indie Pop Con you might need to come make a trip out here in June
1: oh I'd be thrilled yeah absolutely be fun
0: all right, Phil. Is there anything else that we need to hit on before we exit the fifth episode of the Complete Inbox Podcast?
1: No, I don't think so. Uh, just special thanks to you, dude. Appreciate it's been five five episodes in the can so far. It's been pretty good. I've had a lot of fun doing it. And uh, another big thanks to our friends at Loose Thursday. Loose um, Thursday. keeping it up, man. Funny shit. So dude, yeah, great funny. stuff.
0: Uh, so really, really fun. Yeah, we'll be doing a mashup with them sometime in the future. Uh, make sure you check us out, the Completed Box podcast, on iTunes, Podbean. We're on Stitcher now. And after this episode, we'll officially be on Spotify. You have that five episodes, and we'll be Spotify official, buddy.
1: All right. good.
0: Uh, I've also created a Twitter for the – you can find us at CIB Podcast. Um, Facebook page will also be live. You can uh, like us on Facebook at the Completed Box podcast. Phil, I've been social media heavy. Uh, over this past weekend you
1: have been listen you've been social media carrying me i want to i appreciate it i'm still waiting for these rotary phones to come back Yeah,
0: well follow phil then, on instagram uh, pictures of my food for a meal he ate 12 years ago <laughs> it's
1: yeah family. it's if you, you want to see a bag of popcorn i bought in phoenix 10 years ago uh visit me on instagram it's still there i bet
0: <laughs> so yeah follow check us out on all the social medias and we'll be back with another episode very soon a box podcast see you later phil
1: See you, Rich.